When I grew up as a child in my hometown of uh, Oldham in Lancashire, I grew up with two aunties who were both called Mary. One uh, of my Auntie Marys uh, was well known for her drinking and her gambling. I, came, I come from very good stock, I do. Um, she was known, she always used to enjoy playing bingo, so much so that the way we differentiated the two Auntie Marys is we always called her Auntie Mary Bingo. Everybody in our family called her that. My other Auntie Mary uh, had as a middle name, the, the name Ellen, without a H, I'm pleased to say, as I often drop them. And so she was always known as Auntie Mary Ellen. So I grew up with two Auntie Marys, Auntie Mary Bingo and Auntie Mary Ellen. Uh, they were both my uh, uh, wonderful aunties, really. My Auntie Mary Bingo, because she had three boys, similar age to myself, all quite close together. And particularly during the school holidays, I used to go to Auntie Mary Bingo's house and we used to play Sabutio together whilst playing the Beatles records and things like that. So I remember a great childhood in my my Auntie Mary Bingo's house with my cousins. My Auntie Mary Ellen was also a great favourite of mine because she happened to be a fantastic cook. You know, I'm talking about cooks as they used to be in those days. There wasn't any tins or packets in sight. She made everything. She was a great old-fashioned Lancashire cook. She created fantastic suet puddings, which you would put in a rag and drop in a pan of boiling water I hate to think about the calories, but they were brilliant, I have to say. She made the best Lancashire hot pot you could ever see. She baked amazing custard pies, you know, sprinkled with nutmeg on the top. And she made those uh, wonderful rice puddings where me and my siblings used to always fight to scrape out the bowl at the end of it. You know, she was that kind of cook. She, they were just great days, and my two Auntie Marys were, were my great heroes. The word downsides, the downside of my Auntie Mary bingos was, of course, her gambling and her heavy drinking, and that was to be seen in her family. Um, it was a very poor uh, house, and my cousins were nothing like as well-dressed as I was. It was a real problem for them. There was also, believe it or not, a downside to my Auntie Mary Ellen as well. Because sometimes we would go to my Auntie Mary Ellen's for tea and I would be looking forward to a Lancashire hot pot or one of those suet puddings. But this particular day, she served up tripe and onions. And occasionally that would happen. And my mum would sit across the table and stared at me. And, and so you could tell her eyes were saying, do not say a word. So I had to dutifully sit there eating tripe right to the last gulpful it was not very nice uh, but right to the end my mum would stir me out and my mum would say as I finished the last bit of tripe what do you say thank you Auntie Mary Ellen that was really lovely and so I was taught as a child to say thank you very much and my mum's words still ring in my ears today what do you say what do you say well, those, I believe, are words I want to bring to you this morning because of the many blessings that God gives to us. I think God often says to us, what do you say? What are you saying for the many good things I give to you? What do you say for my blessings, God is asking? What do you say for your relationship with me? What do you say because of the life that I have given you, life in all its fullness? When we wake up in the morning, are we full of blessings? I must admit, I don't always jump out of bed with uh, the joys of spring. But maybe we should, more often than not, be full of 
the, the blessing that God has given to us as we think about the question God might give to us each day. What are you saying as you wake up for another day? What are you saying when you taste the first morning cup of tea or, in our case, the first espresso? What do you say for all the good things I give to you? What do you say for the relationships I'm going to give to you, for the work I'm going to give to you today, for all the blessings of today? Are you full of deep appreciation for me? And I'm sure that God wants our lives to be so caffeinated with God's love that we adopt this spirit of gratitude. And that's what I want to talk about briefly this morning in this third message in this caffeinated series called Espresso Yourself. Let's go back to the scripture reading that Sarah brought to us in Luke 17 because Jesus was one, one day walking into a town as he got to the outskirts of, his, of this town he, um, he met ten lepers and these ten lepers called out to Jesus for help. Leprosy is a terrible disease as we know. It's a, a, it was a terrible disease then. It still is a terrible disease in parts of the world today. It's a horribly disfiguring disease when nerve endings die and limbs can totally uh, fall off. And it's also accompanied with a horrible stench. And added to that, leprosy is highly contagious. Lepers are to stand at least 50 yards away from other people. And as you may know, they often um, carried bells on their clothing to warn away people. It was actually against the law to mingle with lepers, according to Leviticus 13 and Numbers chapter 5. And these ten lepers, on seeing Jesus, called out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And the Bible tells us that Jesus replies, Go show yourselves to the priests. And this gospel writer, who happens to be a doctor, Dr. Luke, tells us that these lepers were on the way to the priest and as they looked down, as they walked along, suddenly their skin began to heal. Suddenly their limbs began to heal and reappear. Suddenly they became healed and whole. And I'm sure on that occasion, God was saying to these lepers, what do you say? What do you say for my healing? What do you say in getting in touch with my son Jesus? What do you say now that you are whole? Then Luke records that one leper, who happened to be a Samaritan, stopped in his tracks, he looked down at his healed body, he did a 180 degree turn, took his eyes off himself and looked back towards Jesus and said, and the Bible says, that he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Luke records that. It's almost as if this man had a double whammy. One, he was a leper. Secondly, he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast on two counts. The Jews hated Samaritans. They were outcasts. And also, of course, they could not go near a leper. In two ways, this man was unclean and rejectory and, and, uh, and rejected by the Jews. But this leper, this leper who had this double whammy, gave a double whammy back to Jesus with these two trajectory-changing words. Thank you. This man was an outcast on two accounts, 
and yet he said two words that just changed his outlook on life. He gave Jesus a double espresso. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Jesus looks at him, and you can almost feel Jesus' heart, can't you, in this, in this Bible reading. Jesus looks at him and says, hang on a minute, weren't there ten of you? And there's only one of you here. What about the other nine? What's the deal? And Jesus looked to this, this healed leper, and he, he says to this man, rise, go, because your faith, or in the NIV, your father, has made you well. But where's the other nine who failed to say those two espresso words, thank you? There's actually an interesting parallel in the Old Testament. There was um, a guy who was um, in charge of the king's army in Syria, a man called Naaman. He was a great and gifted man, but he was a leper. But what happened next? God was in it. Because the Syrians invaded Israel and they captured a young Jewish girl who came back to Syria and served in Naaman's household and particularly served Naaman's wife. And this little girl said, on noticing that Naaman was a leper, she said, oh, if only you knew this prophet back in Samaria, he'll be able to heal you. Well, Naaman made the return journey, went back to Samaria and met the prophet there, the prophet Elisha. And Elisha said to him, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. He did so, and according to the Bible, his flesh was restored like that of a child. Naaman returned from the Jordan, went back to Elisha, and thanked him, and acknowledged God. It was a natural response and expression to make. And in this series... Express all yourself. We're considering how we as Christians should express ourselves. We've looked at already a couple of quite negative things. How we should not judge. How, and last week, how we should not be rude. How often rude is the mood of the culture of our day. But this morning, I want to talk about something perhaps much more positive. That rather than us being negatively, shockingly negative, we actually should be ne- shockingly positive as Christians often with a thank you spirit within us when we accept Christ into our lives we should be working out what he has put in the power of God through the Holy Spirit turns ungrateful people into grateful people God turns thankless people into thank you people that's what the work of the Holy Spirit does and if you've accepted Christ If you believe in Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, then you will have noticed quite often there's a great big thank you in your heart, even at times when you don't feel thankful. This weekend, there'll be lots of thankful people, especially if you're a West Ham supporter, or if you're from Japan. Lots of things to be thankful for at times. Sorry, you need to be, understand sport to get those last two jokes. But sometimes when the chips are down and things are not going very well, if you happen to be from South Africa or Manchester, uh, sometimes you've got to look more deep within you. And if you are a born-again Christian, you should be expressing out that gratitude that will always be in your heart. 
And I just want to talk about two or three things which is important for us as Christians. Number one is this. That if you decide to live a thank you life, if you allow Jesus to live his life through you, then this is what will happen. Number one, you will take your eyes off yourself, off your agenda, and you will put them onto God. That leper turned 100 degrees round and went back and turned his eyes back onto Jesus. He went back to him. And that's what we as Christians will often do if we are giving ourselves back to Jesus. When we focus upon God and centre our gratitude and, and thankfulness upon him, we will take our eyes off ourselves. Of course, that's what self-denial is about. As Christians, we deny self because we want to live our lives for Jesus. We think about not ourselves, but we think about the grace and the power and the love and the grace. We think about the cross. We think about what happens to us vertically as Jesus gives us so much so that we can have that life of gratitude so we can express it out horizontally as the cross reminds us. Life is full of surprises. And you know, life is full of surprises for Salvation Army officers. I actually thought quite wrongly, before I was an officer, you know, you started to think, what's it going to be like to be an officer? And one of my preconceived ideas was that when I pastorally visit people, I will do them a lot of good. I've actually found that not to be the case. I've often gone and visited people, and I've come away far more blessed than I've ever been able to do for them. I've gone and visited elderly people who have, a, who have every reason to moan like anything, and yet they've blessed me with a positive spirit. I've been to visit people who are extremely ill and on the point of death, and yet they're extremely positive and full of the joys of spring. So much so that what I've learned to do as an officer is that if I really feel down, if I really feel down in myself, I go and visit. Because that's when God's blessings come to me and meet people who are far worse than me and yet have that joyful spirit. These are Christian people I've met down through the years who are expressing out what God has put in no matter what our circumstances, no matter what shape our bodies are in, no matter what is happening in our lives, we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. These are people who take their eyes off themselves and instead are looking firmly and fixedly upon Jesus. And as a result, they become thank you people rather than thankless people people who have had a double shot of espresso in their lives, being able to be a powerful punch as they express God to others. Going back um, to my college days when I was a cadet, um, Don will know the name of the person I'm going to say. We had a cadet, a, a colleague of ours, who every time you went up to him and you said to him, how are you this morning? He would always say, wonderful. In fact, to be honest with you, it really irritated us a little bit. Whenever you said to him, how are you today? He said, oh, I'm wonderful. And whenever he prayed, he always ended his prayers with these words, and thank you, Lord, for all things. And, you know, he's done that all through his officership. He recently retired, even before he retired as an officer, uh, that a horrible disease, Parkinson, uh, invaded his body. And now he is not the kind of 
bubbly person that we've known all through the years. But our colleague officer, retired officer these days, still says, and thank you, Lord, for old things. And you know, I have a funny feeling that when he arrives on his deathbed, probably his final words are going to be, and thank you, Lord, for old things. It's a fantastic spirit, isn't it? A fantastic spirit that if we can have that within ourselves, that rather be consumed by all the things that can go wrong, instead we're being expressed by the love of God so that we can be wonderful examples of Christ in this world and we can be positive to others. Whenever I think about people who are self-centered, I think about the children of Israel who, who traveled 40 years in the wilderness. Remember Moses had led them out of Egypt and they wandered around and God gave them so many things. Gave them manna and quail and the fire by night and, the, uh, and, and so many things. Even, even the book of Numbers tells us God gave them sandals that never wore out. God was with them in their wilderness years. And yet as you read scripture, you know what? They were grumbling people. God, why have you brought us out to the wilderness? Why can we not be back in Egypt? Why can't, why can't we? Why are we? And they grumbled and grumbled and grumbled like mad to poor old Moses and Aaron. He were an appreciative people who were not seeing what God was doing for them, even in the wilderness years. And that's why it's important for us to fix our eyes upon not only what God is doing, but still what God wants still to do through us when we fix our eyes upon us. And I really do think, like this morning, a high percentage of our prayers ought to be thank you prayers. God, thank you for your grace. God, thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for the cross. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for my relationship. God, thank you that we're here this morning to share with friends, some we know, maybe some we don't know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this awesome country, this free country in which we live. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for so many things. I was going to this morning, perhaps we had time for you to turn around, because I guess you could say a million things to each other to say thank you. Thank you. You're playing really well this morning. You know, thank you. You're your hair looks really nice this morning. My wife never says that to me for some reason. But there's loads of things we can say thank you to God for. And that should be prominent in our lives. We should, we should live a thank you safari. Don't you think? Because we're so moved by the God who has expressed his love through us. And we've been truly, so truly caffeinated by God's presence that we cannot, cannot help to live our lives as thank you lives out to God. But there's something else. Number two is this. That you will you'll love this. That it moves the heart of God. When we thank you people, it moves the heart of God and positions us for blessings. We can't be in a position to receive the blessings of God if we're in that negative place, if we're not in a good place. But when we are in that right place, that right position, we get the best blessings. For those of you who like cricket, um, I follow cricket. My, my son Tim used to love playing cricket, particularly when we were in Australia. And often I used to have to console him when he was out. But very often his coach used to tell him, the reason you got out is you didn't position yourself properly. 
You didn't, so you didn't give you any chance to stop the ball hitting the stumps. You've got to be in the right position in order to connect with the ball. And I think it's true in the Christian life too. We so, so often can be out of position that we miss the blessings that God wants to give to us. We might want to ask ourselves this morning, what kind of position are we in? You know, life just might be tough for you just now. Now, I don't want to stand up here and say that as Christians we should go around with a false smile on our face. Some of you, life's just tough just now. Some of you are worried about health, I know that. Some of you are worried about your jobs, I know that. Some of you are worried about family relationships, I know that. Some of you are worried about tomorrow, I know that. Some of you are waiting for results from the hospital, I know that. But I am saying to you, is are you in a position where God can bless you? And where God can use you to be a blessing to others? When I think about our gratitude to God resulting in blessings I think about what God says in Malachi chapter 3 look at these words will a man rob God and yet you rob me but you ask how do we rob you in tithes and in offerings what's a tithe of course that's 10% of what we give to God the first 10% of everything you make or anything that I make but the scripture continues in Malachi you are under a curse the whole nation of you because you are robbing me the Israelites were bringing this weak stuff to God instead of bringing good caffeinated coffee they were bringing weak instant coffee to God they were not really tithing they are not really giving to God as they should do and so it goes on bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it you see when we give in gratitude to God it moves God's heart and it positions us so that heaven's gates will open heaven's windows will open so that we receive those blessings pouring down through us and if sometimes we say to ourselves, why God are you not blessing me? Maybe we need to think about whether we are positioning ourselves just now for God. Finally, there's a third thing that, that occurs, and that is this. Living a life of thank you increases our spiritual depth and advances the cause of Christ. Don't you think that's cool? It increases our depth and it advances the cause of Christ. If we go back to that healed leper, leper, leper colony that we read of in Luke 17, we read this. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Praising God in a loud voice. That's an espresso response. This is a man who's been touched by Jesus, turned inside out. And this is a man who's been physically healed and has been spiritually cleansed as well. And he has received this, as we are calling it this morning, this double shot of espresso. And that gratitude led to devotion. He praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He threw himself at Christ's feet. Isn't that devotion? Real gratitude, real thankfulness, real devotion to Jesus. He displayed it physically by falling at the feet of Jesus so he was devoted and he displayed it and finally the Samaritan leper also thanked him 
he not only displayed his gratitude in a physical way, but gave those espresso words, thank you. And so he was able to describe his thankfulness and gratitude to God. It's a 3D depth. Devotion, display, description. And that is what the healed leper did. And that's what we should do. Live those 3D lives for God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says we should enter his gates, or his presence if you like, with thanksgiving in our lives. Psalm 92 verse 1 says, It's good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name, O Most High. It is good for us to give thanks to the Lord. Two trajectory-changing words, thank you. Two words that are like a double espresso, shot of espresso. Thank you. Maybe God is saying to you, what do you say? What are you saying to me this morning in response to all that I'm doing for you? I pray that we might be thank you people, expressing our thanksgiving and praise to God, who has done exceedingly above all that we can think or imagine. Amen.